0: commentary about this football game without talking about the four-game losing streak. And one of the main talking points of last season, guys, right, one of the things that we focused on were there were some really ugly streaks that South Carolina needed to snap, right? The games against Clemson, Texas A&M, Kentucky and Lexington, et cetera. This is one of those streaks, and it may be even tougher than all of the others that I mentioned. This is one that just, it makes Gamecock fans' stomachs turn. And I compare this, I feel it's very similar to the streak South Carolina had against Kentucky back in the mid-2010s and most of it going throughout the Will Muschamp era. And it's one of those that makes you sick to your stomach because guys as painful as losing, for example, to Clemson is, you know, a lot of that losing streak came when Clemson was winning national championships or at least competing for them. So it's like, you hate to lose to your arch rival, but you have to tip your cap to some degree, right? Losing to Tennessee three in a row or so, or what have you like that. That's a painful streak, but it's Tennessee football, right? They're they're a historically great program. Losing a Texas a and not necessarily a historically great program, but a program that they've got all the resources, the way they've recruited, they got Jimbo Fisher. Like, you can justify it in your own mind why that makes sense, why that had happened. But similar to the Kentucky streak, the problem with the Missouri streak is this, guys. For a program and a fan base that is so desperate to be nationally relevant again, and to be just relevant in the SEC race, You cannot do that, and you cannot justify that South Carolina football is on the way up and getting closer to winning championships or at least competing for them while you are losing every single year to the Missouri Tigers. It also goes back to the perception of Mizzou, right? Most folks look at them as they don't belong in the SEC. It's a joke. They even got invited to the conference. And you say all that, and then that team is beating you on a year-in, year-out basis. I mean, we've seen it on social media, guys. There are Gamecock fans that still say, it doesn't matter if Missouri beats South Carolina every single year. They're not a better team, and they're not a better program. And that level of denial is scary, because the reality is right now, guys, Missouri is at minimum on equal footing with South Carolina. At minimum on equal footing. You cannot sit here and say with a straight face, South Carolina is a better program than Mizzou. You can't do it. The results on the field would say otherwise. So, snapping this streak, it's good for Shane Beamer. It's good for the program as a whole. And maybe most of all, it's good for the sanity of this fan base. Because similar to that Kentucky streak, it's it's a maddening streak more than anything. It's a streak that most Gamecock fans – Cannot wrap their brains around. And there there have been some excruciating losses in this four-game losing streak. There's been some excruciating results. Getting this tiger-sized monkey off of your back and snapping the streak to Mizzou, one of the top priorities coming into this season and certainly would be huge for Gamecocks football moving forward. Now, guys, in the big storyline of this one, We have to talk about it. Shane Beamer's broken foot. And all of a sudden, this has become the Beamer broken foot game. I am really curious to see what he's going to look like on the sideline. Is he going to sit on a stool like Derrick Dooley? Is he going to have a chair? Is he going to tough it out and have nothing? Is he going to be in a boot? Is he going to be on crutches? What does this look like for Shane Beamer? Does it really play that much of a role in the result of the game or what happens on the field? Not necessarily, but it is one of those things, guys. Win or lose, the images from this game of Shane Beamer are going to be astounding because it's either going to be South Carolina goes on the road and wins and this forever becomes known as the Beamer broken foot game or South Carolina loses and this becomes the next Shane Beamer meme. So, I'm just curious what it looks like. Again, what's he got going on with the foot? Is he rocking a boot? Is he sitting on a chair, on a stool, whatever? I am admittedly very curious to see that, and hopefully we're talking about uh, the way this football team rallied the troops and circled the wagons and rallied around Shane Beamer's broken foot, and South Carolina's rivals don't have more ammo because of the pictures that may come out from this ballgame. Now, to on the field, guys, I... Cannot wait. Admittedly, I love a good old-fashioned pitcher's duel in baseball. I love a good old-fashioned quarterback duel in football, man. I mean, I I know we're tired of watching bad defense. I understand that. and But, man, it, it's a lot of fun to watch two signal callers get into a groove, get into a rhythm, get into a zone, and do their thing. And I think we're going to see that on Saturday. I, I really do. Spencer Rattler on the Gamecock side, of course, and Brady Cook on the Mizzou side, and and Brady Cook been one of the biggest surprises in the SEC this season, guys. When you look at his numbers averaging over 300 yards per game passing, you know many of you raised an eyebrow when I said that the quarterback position was a push between South Carolina and Missouri. You got to look at what Brady Cook has done this year, guys. I know he has more help. I know he's got a better football team on the offensive side around him, more weapons, but for a guy that even the Missouri fan base was convinced he needed to be benched. When you consider that, Brady Cook has been fantastic this year. And in a game that I do think, guys, i have already locked in the over 59 and a half, and a game that I do believe is going to be back and forth, a lot of scoring, quarterback play is going to be at a premium. And I just cannot wait to watch these two guys go at it. I cannot wait to see these two quarterbacks duel each other and, and at the end of the day, may the best man win. Now, who's going to help Spencer Rattler, guys? You look at the South Carolina running game. Thankfully, thankfully, Mario Anderson is good to go in this one. But what can Mario Anderson give the Gamecocks in the rushing attack? You look at Missouri as a team. And I know we've talked about their defense a little bit. They haven't you know, they have been quite as good as I thought they'd be at this point. They've done a good job, though, stopping the run, giving up just 118 Point nine yards per game on the ground. They've only surrendered four rushing touchdowns, guys, all season long, and only giving up 3.7 yards per game on the ground. So I could see this being another game in which it is difficult for South Carolina to run the football, but as we've talked about before, guys, Mario Anderson doesn't have to run for 100. He just has to run well enough to give dare I say, the illusion that South Carolina is balanced. Getting the Missouri defense off balance is going to be key in this football game. Having them be guessing, if you will. Making them just at minimum respect the rushing attack. And Anderson, a guy, of course, dealt with some injuries last weekend. Shane Beamer says he is good to go. How much can he give you? Because at this point, guys, you know, love the way Juju McDowell was utilized last week, right? We all like the Camryon Joiner as a person and as a player. And then Octavius Braswell, who knows if he sees the field. But this running game, it falls on the legs of Mario Anderson. It comes down to what does 24 give you. And I'll be curious to see what he gives South Carolina in this one in support of Spencer Rattler on the offensive side.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is
0: Somebody who's really emerged, guys, over the last couple of weeks. And it's been great to see, right? Because I know a lot of Gamecock Nation had really high hopes for this dude. And that is Trey Knox. And the emergence of Trey Knox has been really, really cool to watch. 15 catches over his last two games. Had a touchdown in that game against Florida, of course. You know, as this season progresses, and it looks like you may be in a position where you're going to have to outscore your opponents to win. You're going to be asking your offense on a weekly basis for more and more and more and more. Trey Knox is a guy who can help give you more, right? Because right now at wide receiver, it's Xavier Leggett, and then kind of whoever shows up that week, right? You need the tight end position. We talked about it last week. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago in the Tennessee game. We've talked about it over and over, but you need the tight end position to continue to be a threat for you. Right, Especially in this football game, I think there's some situations, I think there's some matchups with both Trey Knox and Joshua Simon where they are favorable to South Carolina. Do we see Trey Knox's workload continue to be as such, seven or eight catches? Does Spencer Rattler spread the football out a little bit more? Do we just continue to see Trey Knox be a big part of that South Carolina passing game, especially in the red zone? Nicholas Harbor. Burst on the scene last weekend. One catch, 45 yards. Nick Harbour had a quote this week, guys, and of course, I'm paraphrasing what he said. But, uh, you know, basically just saying, you know, I've been learning since I got here. It was exciting to get on the field. You know, it's my my time is coming. My 100-yard game, it's going to happen at some point. Very very humble. Let me just say this. A very well-spoken kid. Uh, sounded mature, but beyond his years. And you love to hear that. You know, he's trusting the process, trusting Shane Beamer, trusting Dabble Oggins in their usage of him. But do we see more of Nicholas Harbor this week? And I think we're asking that on a weekly basis now. But like after you make a big play like that down the field, and so many Gamecock fans looked at it and said, see, see, you just put him on the field, good things are going to happen. Throw in the football. Give him a chance. And as we mentioned before, guys, this is the time of year that I expected Nick Harbour to start making a much bigger impact. Does the workload for Nick Harbour increase? Do we see him get more targets? He's been getting snaps, but do we see him get more targets? Is this the game that Nick Harbour breaks out and becomes a big factor in a ball game and You know, it's not a matter of if, guys. It's a matter of when. When's Nick Harbour going to have that breakout performance? When's Nick Harbour going to go for, like he said, 100 or more receiving yards? Could it be this weekend in Como? We shall see. Now, on the offensive line, I thought South Carolina did a really good job in regards to the way they shuffled some things around. Nick Gargiulo at center. Trey Jones at right guard. And Vershawn Lee at right tackle. And I don't know who South Carolina pissed off, the football gods, what have you. But it's just, I mean, offensive linemen have been dropping like flies this entire season. No rhyme or reason behind it. Just sheer bad luck, I suppose. Because now Vershawn Lee is more than likely out for this football game and everybody's favorite game Sidney Fugar is going to slide in more than likely at right tackle. the <laughs> Oh, my goodness. The question is this. Can Sidney Fugar hold his own? Can Sidney Fugar hold his own at the right tackle spot? He was much better last week, by the way. Give Sidney Fugar credit. That was probably his best performance in Garnet and Black when he got in that football game. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted T. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted T Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. And Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at GameTime. Go download the GameTime app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SpursUp. That's S P or S U P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. But I know many are like me where you are a bit jaded. And you have PTSD from watching 77 out there struggle and struggle mightily. Can Sidney Fugar do his part, not be the weak link, and hold his own at the right tackle spot or whatever spot he's put in? He's going to have to for that offensive line to have the type of game they'll need to win this football game. Now, switching sides of the football, guys. For South Carolina defensively, I, I think what's really interesting, a top storyline for me is is how the Gamecocks choose to attack Missouri because it's really pick-your-poison with this Missouri offense. Brady Cook's been in a zone all year. They've got Cody Schrader and Nathaniel Pete in the backfield, two really capable running backs. You then look at wide receiver. It's not just Luther Burden, guys, who's been one of the best players in the SEC this season. It's also Theo Weiss, Jr., who is a fantastic player in his own right, a former five-star recruit. Missouri is loaded at the wide receiver spot. They're loaded at running back. So what do you sell out on more so? Because you can't let Mizzou just run it down your throat. But you also can't have the secondary doing what they've been doing over the last couple of weeks, giving up 400 yards passing and just having no answer to anything in the back end. Also, guys, I tell you this not to scare you, but I tell you this just to give you some insight. Missouri ranks ninth nationally in college football in explosive passing plays, 20 yards or more, right? So they rank ninth in those plays. And of course, as we all know, South Carolina fields statistically the worst secondary in college football when it comes to passing yardage allowed. But what do you do? Do you sell out on stopping Schrader and Pete and try to bring the pressure on Cook and put your DBs on an island, something that has not worked at any point this season? Or do you drop an extra man in coverage, account for the passing game, and trust that your defensive front can stop the run with three or four guys, or get pressure on Brady Cook with three or four guys, something they haven't really done. They've been much better against the run, but it's... I think more so, guys, because teams have been throwing the football all over you. So, what does Clayton White do? Because at this point, guys, Clayton White, it feels like he's coaching for his job. You got to pick your poison with this Missouri offense. What do you choose? What do you pick? Guys, on the note of the secondary, I'm just, how does the secondary respond, guys? is Is this season really just doomed to be, this secondary is going to finish dead last in college football with the players they have. Is that really what's going to happen? Like, Are, are, we, are we really staring at another 400-plus yard performance from another SEC quarterback? Is that really about to happen? Or does Marcellus Dial respond? Does Nick Imanwari respond? Does D.Q. Smith, O'Donnell Fortune, do those guys respond? Is there any semblance of life from that secondary? Or is it more of the same? Who's the leader in the room? Who's the leader of the defense? Hey, that's another big storyline. Is there a leader on this defense, guys? Is there a leader on the defensive side? Who's the guy that when things are going south, puts his foot down, or better yet, puts his foot up somebody's ass? And writes the shit. Who is that guy? In years past, it was guys like Ernest Jones, Sky Moore, DJ Swearinger. We think of some of these great leaders in Gamecocks football history. Shaq Wilson. J.C. Horn. Even a Cam Smith on the outside. Like, whoever it is. Whatever level it's at. Like, who's that guy on this defense? Does that guy exist? Who's the leader that, when things go south, puts their foot down and says, no more? We're not allowing this. This isn't our standard. we got to get this corrected. At some point, that guy has to step up, or it's just going to be more of the same on the defensive side. Guys, on the special teams side of things, and as you all know, I think special teams plays a role in this football game. I've got Mitch Jeter against Harrison Meebus as one of my key matchups, the two kickers. But on the punting side of things, Kai Kroger. Kai Kroger has admittedly been in a funk this year. I I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going on. Uh, You know, and it's – maybe it's a little bit unfair because it's not like Kai Kroger's been terrible, right? Most teams, most fan bases – they don't even care about their punter. They're not even watching their punter. They don't give a damn. If you're having a punt, it's just a bad thing, no matter how you spin it. But that's not Beamer ball. That's not South Carolina. So, Kai Kroger was a weapon for the Gamecocks at the end of last season. And all of a sudden, he's just, he's just kind of there. He's even shanked a couple. Does Kai Kroger finally get out of his funk, guys? You're going to need him. I mean, it's, it's so pivotal, guys. We talk about this all the time. For a team like South Carolina, who's trying to, for example, go on the road and win a game outright that you're a touchdown underdog in, guess what, guys? You're going to be the underdog in a lot more games this year. So for a team in South Carolina that's trying to steal a couple and get the bowl eligibility, you got to win the special teams fast. There, there is no negotiation. You have to win in the special teams department. That means Kai Kroger Has to be at his very best. Does South Carolina get that best version of Kai Kroger? Or is it more of what we've seen over the last couple of weeks? And finally, guys, my final top storyline. I just look at it this way, guys. Rubber has met the road for the 2023 football season. What now? What now? You are six games in with six more to go. And this game very well could set the tone for the second half. But let's call it for what it is. It has been a hellacious week for Gamecock Nation, for all those who have any sort of interest in Gamecocks football, starting with the game against Florida, okay? Then Shane Beamer's post-game presser after the Florida game goes viral. Then, then, on Tuesday, Shane Beamer makes us all aware that he broke his foot in frustration after the game. Safe to say, Coach Beamer, those comments go insanely viral. Then on Wednesday, when you're like, can this just please go away? Then on Wednesday, Shane Beamer confirms, oh yeah, by the way, I kicked a Gatorade cooler. It's not like I went in the locker room and lost my cooler or anything. Like, that makes it a lot better. So that happens. I mean, it has been, even for the most loyal, diehard Gamecock who's been through it all, I don't know if anybody's seen something like this.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes
0: Doesn't it seem as if every time, at least in the Shane Beamer era, every time it feels like South Carolina's fans, those around the program, have just mailed it in, this team's going to go 4-8, and this season's a wash, Beamer's this, Beamer's that, we're this, we're that. South Carolina finds a way to circle the wagons and play their best football. Does that happen? You know, is it is it is South Carolina really just doomed? But you know what? You're right. Season's over. Going to go as chalk. Gamecocks will win two more games. They're going to get blasted and all the rest. Is that really how the season's going to play out? Is it? And I'll tell you guys this. I learned my lesson last year not to give Beamer and company 0% chance, not to mail it in at any point because what happened— In that 38-6 loss to Florida last year, and then seven days later, that Tennessee game, what happened in that is unexplainable. It's unexplainable. Shane Beamer has made the unexplainable common at South Carolina. And so I, I just wonder, guys, I wonder as a fan of Gamecocks football, I wonder as a Gamecocks content creator, I wonder as an observer, is this it? I mean, is this it for South Carolina, guys? Is this it for the 2023 season? Is South Carolina just doomed to, to fade into the oblivion and, and, and all hope is lost and that's all she wrote? Or does South Carolina have a couple more punches left in them? Rubbers met the road in the 2023 season, folks. It starts Saturday in go.